You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Listen, people, you better take a 
Listening to African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe. It simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done and for all that God will do. We say, we pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Timeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured us libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe. 
We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe. Civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So we poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted, and we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family, Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi. Hotep family. Hope everything is well for you today. Hope you're going to have a good day today and get a chance to do all the things you want to do, must do, can do, should do, and will do. Hope the weather will be accommodating for you to do it, but of course, if it is not accommodating for you to do it and it has to get done, it must be done, you will get it done because that's the kind of brother and sister that you is. That's why we respect and love you. Get it done. Don't procrastinate. <laughs> get it done. I am excited today, man. I tell you, I got a 
I got uh, Brother Moses West and, and Brother Apollo Monsieur on today. And uh, wow, we're talking about some great stuff that's going to be happening. I talked to um, Brother Peter Brown of the Ledge Group. He's going to be on next week. So, I mean, these, are, these men, these brothers and sisters that are doing it, that are providing ways to help our people, they must be supported. And so we're going to talk about that. Uh, you're listening to the African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, or 8 to 10 Pacific, or any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can always go to our archives at timephoneawakening.com. And at the top of the page, you'll see podcast. I click on that. The drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there'll be programs that are dated and titled. Also, too, uh, if you want to use the shortcut, whatever search engine you use, Firefox, Google, whatever, um, you just put in the search, babaoshi.net, B-A-B-A-O-S-H-I.net, babaoshi.net, and then, once again, there will be programs that are dated and titled. So, yeah, I'm excited, man, I tell you. I'm trying to get all this other stuff that I, I was so excited I forgot to do in preparation but we're going to handle it it's going to be all good uh, let me get this one out of the way right quick because i'm thinking about doing it after the break but sonny rollins his birthday was the other day and if we had time today i thought we would play a nice jazz cut by sonny rollins the saxophonist uh, he was he's 92 years old kicking it still playing 92 years old sonny rollins yeah i always like to give some props to those brothers and sisters who um Either it's their birthday and they pass or their birthday and they still kicking it. And give them some love. Yeah, man. Once again, excited. So, the programming we have here on Time for an Awakening Media. Once again, this program is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Monterey, 10 to Pacific. Any other time around the world, if you can listen to this program live, then you can go to those archives, just as I stated. Um, on Mondays, programs that are done that are going to be coming back see i gotta slow down because man i'm excited (laughs) they'll be coming back soon uh uh, maria cambon and brother kamal cambon they'll be coming back and conversations reparations i understand may be coming back but on tuesday some on tuesdays from eight to ten black reality think tank with dr rogers black reality think tank with dr william rogers from eight to ten on tuesdays um there's a program they have on Thursdays, yesterday, you know, uh, program on Thursday. What is that program? Yeah. Let me see. Let me try to find that right quick. Yeah. See, I need to get, uh, I need to get, uh, so on Thursdays from 7 to 8, Black Liberation Movement. Mississippi on the move. Mississippi on the move, and that's with uh, Brother Patrick Lumumba on Thursdays from 7 to 8. And of course, on Friday's time for an awakening from 8 until on Fridays from 8 until on Friday's time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. Saturday from 7 to 9, the Sankofa Elders Council uh, from 7 to 9 on Saturdays. And then on Sunday, once again, time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. 
And the number to call is 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. We Buy Black. We Buy Black, the largest online marketplace for American African-owned businesses, is webuyblack.com. Get everything you need from American African-owned businesses, webuyblack.com. Uh-huh. Africa for the Africans, Brother Bomani Tayemba. <laughs> I'm looking at this picture. The brother got him with a drink in his hand and so forth. Brother Bomani's cool, man. Yeah, it's a good brother. Brother Bomani Tayemba, Africa for the Africans. And he has these tours coming up November 17th to the 28th, 2022, for $4,000, Tanzania. December 24th to January 5th, 2023, $4,000, Ghana. March 30th to April 10th, 2023, $3,800, Senegal and Gambia. May 24th to June 5th, 2023, $4,000 to Ghana. July 29th, excuse me, July 20th through the 29th, 2023, $3,800, Liberia. November 16th to November 27th, 2023, $4,000, Tanzania. December 24th, 2023 to January 4th, 2024, $4,200 to South Africa. And then March 29th, to April 9th, 2024, $4,000, Rwanda. Everything you need is on the website, brothers and sisters. Just go to africafortheafricans.org. If you want to see pictures of previous tours, go to facebook.com forward slash Bomani. If you want to see videos of previous tours, go to youtube.com forward slash Bomani 2007. Africa for the Africans. Habashaw. Habashaw Incorporated, brothers and sisters. Habashaw stands for helping Africa by establishing schools at home and abroad. And the work that they're doing here in the Atlanta area, but more importantly with in Ghana, the Kashi Project, it is happening. Go to HabashawIncorporated.org. Without a healthy market, healthy market and juice bar located here in the West End in Atlanta, I'm Ralph David Abernathy, selling delicious smoothies and fruit drinks. They sell vegan dishes on Friday, excuse me, Saturday and Sunday. You can purchase vegan food on Saturday and Sunday at Wadada's. It's right across the street from Soul Vegetarian, up the street from the Shrine of the Black Madonna. The Shrine of the Black Madonna is open on uh, Friday and Saturdays from 1 to 7, and on Sunday from 1 to 3. And uh, the Meddu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall, Mama Nia, the Meddu Bookstore, Find selection of books, postcards, greeting cards, books, figurines, T-shirts, all kinds of good stuff. Give her a call if you're looking for a book, and she may have it. But if she doesn't, she'll get it for you. 404-346-3263. 404-346-3263. The Medu Bookstore in the Green Brown Mall. Brother Baba Kazimde Ajamu, the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar, where uh, they'll have Baba Baruti tomorrow night. I'm going to announce that. He's going to be there in Lithonia, that is east of here, east of Atlanta, off of I-20. And um, give him a call. Give Brother Baba B, Brother Kazimde Ajamu a call at 770-305-6373, 770-305-6373. And, of course, the new Black Wall Street market located in Stonecrest. Once again, that's the next exit east of where the Black Dot is. It's exit 75, uh, Turner Hill Road. Make a right, three lights, make another right, and on the left will be the new Black Wall Street Market. 
us lifting us to economic development cooperative for our people in the spirit of Ujamaa. They had their Thursday night broadcast last night. Quite sure it went off very well. Thursday night broadcast every Thursday night. All you do is you dial 929-772789 and you can participate. Homeland Village in Macon, Georgia, Brother Abijah, and he's open from Thursday, Tuesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Give him a call at 478-256-1166, 478-256-1166, Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon. All right, Sun Goddess. Oh, you know what I didn't do? I didn't go. I didn't do that. I did announce. Um, I said I didn't announce. Um, and it's my pharmacy. Buy my pharmacy. And I didn't announce Moses. <laughs> Moving too fast for the kid, y'all. Moses. WestFoundation.org, the Moses WestFoundation.org, but we're going to talk about that and uh, in a minute. Sun got a sense, your one-stop natural shop located at 4140 Jonesboro Road in Forest Park, Georgia, inside the International Discount Mall, booth 225. Give my sister a call, Shelly Amon said, at 404-434-7963, 404-434-7963, and of course, Sister Gabby Aurelia. Sister Gabby, who's doing outstanding work with young people, with students in the northeastern portion of the island of Haiti, understand they rely totally on us. There is no government programs. There is no safety net. So go online. Go to Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E, dash, Haiti, A-Y-I-T-I, dot org. Sanjay, dash, Haiti, dot org. And my good sister, Gabrielle Aurelia. All right. Baba Baruti. Okay. Tomorrow, the sixth annual African Warrior Men's Day celebration in honor of the Warriors. A lecture by Baba Baruti, Mwali Mu K. Bumania Baruti. And um, it's going to be at the Black Dot Saturday, the 10th, from 4 to 7. Also, it's going to be online. So if you want to go to the Black Dot, well, I'll be there. Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar, 6984 Main Street in Lithonia. You know, and once again, I gave you the number is seven, <coughs> excuse me, seven, seven, zero, three, oh, five, six, three, seven, three. And uh, the link for the. Uh, OK, the link. Here, let me get that out there for you. The link was, is going to be uh, black dot. CC dot com. Events forward slash events forward slash African Warriors Men Day, and you can get that. Okay, the black dot. All right. Ah, okay. Let me go ahead and get into the Inye Sasim. Read these, and then I should be ready for my guests. Which one of these is you know, the power saving? Yeah, I have. Um, okay. I'll have my guests, and my course, my guests will be. Brother Moses West and Brother Paulo Mansour. The Inye Sesim of Daily Revolutionary Thought, September 8th. September 8th. The real servant of the people must live among them, think with them, feel for them, and die for them. Dr. Carter G. Woodson. Arrogance is a quality found in those who believe they are naturally superior to others. 
In the mind of the arrogant, they have no equal. There may be individuals who can better them when they happen to not be at their best, but their persona and egotism leads them to feel that they have no true rivals. Arrogance is an attitude taken by individuals and people who rise as a result of belittling and destroying others and define the effect of that lessening and negation of those others has the greatest evidence of their They don't have no water, no, fret, no drinking water, water, period. Okay, I got you muted, family. Please stay muted. If I got you muted, please stay mm-hmm. muted so I can finish this and then we'll get you in. <clears throat> it is a bully mentality. Arrogance is a high offensive vice. So not being arrogant should be an integral part of the character of African warriors. Humility expressed f- first toward one's own people and then others as they earn it is the warrior's way. However, recognize that this is not traditional African society and the tenets of that time and place do not unqualifyingly apply within this cultural context. The measure of, a, of the quality of an African character cannot be of how altruistically one treats a stranger, but how well one treats those among his his own, own people who deserves his heightened level of respect. In this anti-African, highly disrespectful, predatory prey cultural context, humility for strangers must come only as they earn it. Affirm, I am a real servant of the people. Affirm, I am real servant of the people. September 9th. The best way to boycott is to boy is to build your own. Affirm. Excuse me. The best way to boycott is to build your own. Chuck D. Stop teaching our children about what Europeans did to us. They're still doing it. Either lesson is insufficient without the other. It is only when our children have a complete understanding from first contact to date that they realize what they have to do. Let everyone else not in awe of the Europeans' disingenuousness. No other people beg for inclusion. They build their own and then, from a position of power, demand whatever it is they want from the collective global pot. Even if what gains are sought are won, boycotting without having our own is only temporary solution because we have not altered the relationship of power. We have not changed who has the power to decide what can and cannot be done or, or what you can or cannot have. Where is the threat in a disunified front? Why? Why would others fear a monetary financial loss from those dependent on them for all their goods? All they need to do is adjust the prices after the dispute is over to recoup the losses. How does it hurt a family of merchandise dealers if one son is given an economic advantage because another is no longer patronized? The benefit still accrues to that family. Successfully boycotting others does not give us power it only gives us an access to what someone else owns boycotting is only an exercise of power when when it incites those in the rebellion to build even better for themselves what they are denied and to keep it completely under their control i say affirm i am building our own affirm i am building our own september 10th Slaves deserve slaves for children, African proverb. Obviously, many of us have thoroughly misread the Europeans' long-range genocidal goal for us. If this were not so, we would not have allowed ourselves to be separated from our traditions and our children from us. 
We should have known that Europeans know that if you can train the children of your enemy to dismiss their parents, then that people will indefinitely continue making the same self-destructive mistakes because ancestral wisdom will not be passed down. Our children's innocence and arrogance and ignorance lead them to see African and European irreconcilable realities as worlds of powerlessness and power, respectfully, and they blindly seek shelter in the chaotic and numbing reality of death, things and pseudo-masochistic habits and take away the pain of impotency while leading them to defensively mocking their ancestors. Mm. What we have allowed to be done to our children would be unthinkable for sane people. Even some claiming to be Africans based upon how that African center is still seriously compromised by European imperatives might as well have raised their children as Negroes. At least that way, they wouldn't have to go through the pain of being broken into slaves once they recognize the contradiction between what their parents say and do and find them and find the opportunity to escape them. Those who study Europeans know that these children will be running to a people not for contradictory in their sanity. We have no business critiquing our children until we correct their behavior. We must correct their behavior. Affirm, my children will never become slaves on my account. My children will never become slaves on my account. Work with our children. It is our future. The Inye Saysen of daily revolutionary thought. Brothers and sisters, I am, like I said, I, you see I've been running through this and kind of stumbling and stuttering and so forth because I'm excited. I'm excited to have, uh, once again, Brother Moses West and the brother who is helping him with all the social media and all the other Hello. kinds of things. Moses West? Hello. Hello. 512, 512. Good morning. All right. Um, Beverly Hills caller. Good morning. Is this Apollo? Is this Apollo? Good morning. Is this Moses West? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I know what the problem is. I, I'm hearing you. I'm not sure why you're not hearing me. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. 512. 512. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Now we now we can hear each other. Hey brother OC. I'm just waiting for uh Moses to something real quick. I think Moses is on. Moses, is that, is that you? Are you Moses? on? This is me. All right. We're all, all, right. We we're all on. Here we go. Yeah. Like I said, I've been very excited. Uh, in fact, I, over my, my intros, I've been stumbling and bumbling and stuttering and everything like that, trying to get through it quickly so we can have the amount of time that we need to talk about um, what's happening and what's going to happen and how it's going to be made to happen. And I'm really excited about what you guys are doing 
definitely you, Brother Moses West, because, you know, um, in our last conversation, you know, when I first found out about the machine and um, and how you, you know, just put a machine up and suck the moisture out the air, purified all that stuff and whatever purification process happens and then tap it and out comes drinking water. Drinking water that is, you know, that that is beyond the standards of of, of what they say it is it, necessary and that's phenomenal. You know. And and you created that and that's you know, to me, um you gotta go in the inventors hall of fame on that alone, my brother, believe me. You know. So how you doing? I know you've been very busy. Oh, I'm I'm doing great. I'm uh I'm working on uh the I call it my A to, my point A to point B, my contract with the military, and that's the that that is uh, my main focus. And then, and added into there now, I put in the uh, mission to uh, Jackson, Mississippi. So, uh, just focusing on those two to make sure that I. I always give the military a, a very high standard piece of equipment mm-hmm. and I've completely redesigned the machine because I'm always learning what works better than other things. So what they're getting this time around is something, uh, no one else in the world has it. Everybody else is working on negative pressure. I now work on positive pressure, um, in the process to produce water, which is probably 40% more efficient. And that's just one of those things that I don't want to go down the geek road with you too bad. Right. But just that, put it, it this way. It's a machine that does a lot better than any machine out there right now. I say right on, right on. Is, 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 have you, have you patented that? It says that's something that is something that you now. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to file. I'm not going to file any more patents. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think uh, for me to file patents, the one thing that that does, is if somebody wants to come and invest in the company, they're always looking for the patent or they're always looking for the ROI or they're always looking for something to own to get that that return for a shareholder. Mm, let's see. I don't, I don't believe in that. What okay. I believe in, and uh, people can say all kinds of things about me for this, what I do, why I do this and what I believe in is that this, I think water is a, water is a human right. Yes, it is. It's a human right. It yes, is not it is. a commodity. And it is something that slows me down in my process when everybody just wants money. I see too many people suffer around the world that don't have water. So there's no patents here. Anything that I do and that I build, at some point in time, it will become accessible to everybody in the world. Because we can't commoditize water because people die. Right. I mean, it, it, it's, the, it's the person who's you know, surely found the express elevator to hell that can sit in his multi-million dollar house while, you know, sipping this wonderful water and watching the profits roll in while there's hundreds and thousands of people down in Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, California, Bangladesh, mm-hmm. India, Pakistan, you name the it. Pacific Islands, the you Native Americans it. that don't have water. Yep, you and name one it. person can sit around and drink? Nah. Yeah. And, and they got a, a special place for them. Yeah, and I hope so. <laughs> I do too. I hope they have, there is a special place in hell for their ass because I remember. Right, but see, but see, that's why I do it this way mm-hmm. because I came up with a better solution. Is 
and um, I'm I'm outside of that that greed paradigm. Yeah, and also too, you've been blessed. I mean, because what you have done, and sometimes because of your direction, you get the blessings. You're motivated. God inspires and and and, and give you the knowledge to do it a better way, a more efficient way, a way that did you know provided for more people. I. I I have to, you're absolutely right, because every time that I've made one of these machines, one of the first machine that I made, the the, uh, the the first machine that I made, the first two machines that I made, and the first products I came up with, that was stolen from me. That com- The two companies were stolen from me within my company by people that I brought in to work with me. Mm-hmm. And so those products are being sold out there in the world. So then for me to come back in and compete, and to and to find and find something that uh, that I could to get out into the market and get my ideas out there about this, I had to start from scratch. And when mm-hmm. I was in Puerto Rico, that's when I wrote I wrote patents there. I wrote the process to do it, and that's where I came up with the most efficient machine in the world while sitting under another machine, working all day every day on a Pacific island at the end of a storm, at the end of a, a massive hurricane. And that's when I came up with the idea of the machines that I make today. Outstanding. Outstanding. But what's So when they attack you, you always find a new way. That's right. That's right. A better way, a more efficient way, a more productive way. And it's a benefit to humanity. It truly is, man. Uh, Apollo, are you there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Brother Lucy, I'm here. Good. All right. Uh I know that the machine you plan on bringing down to uh, to Jackson, Mississippi, was the, what happened in Flint. You know, because uh, you you know Barack Obama could have settled the situation in Flint. You know, it was known it was happening. The governor cover up all of that stuff. I I kept because I have people in Flint. I have firefighters in Flint. You know, mm-hmm. and we were sending truckloads of water to Flint, you know, and, and still today it's not rectified, but you, you had a machine there and then what happened? Well, I brought the machine there to Flint and what happened was it got shut down by, um, we would have, we would have had that machine there and I would have put several other machines there because even though my foundation at the time was not very big, I, I I think I was still working under the Water Rescue Foundation, and then I started the Moses West Foundation after that mission. Okay, okay. And so I got I got enough donations coming in. Uh, Latoya Ruby Fraser donated to get that done, and then some other donors did. And I flew out there, and uh, we got it done. But then uh, one of the old business partners that had shut my other company down, AWG Technology. Um, that machine actually came from from my old company, and I got that machine and brought it out there. And when we were helping the people in the neighborhood, and we started to get press on it. Uh, that old business partner shut uh, came out with a TRO, a temporary restraining order. Wow! And he shut he shut down the Flint mission see, only see. because, and and they write it out only because he did not want to see he did not want to see it succeed. That's a damn shame. Well, listen, you know, now you, you're taking that machine, you're modifying it, 
and taking that 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 particular machine, that's one of the first ones you're going to take down to Jackson. How much water can that machine produce once you got it? 1,250 1, gallons of water a day. Wow. wow. And, so and Brother Osha, I want to let you know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but go, go ahead. Go on, Paul. No, I just want to let you know, Brother Oshi, that machine that has been inoperable for three years could have provided the people of that region 840,000 gallons of water over the course of these past three years because it would have been providing water every single day, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, water wow. that they desperately needed. Yeah, and, and to me, that's sad. That's that's pathetic. That is sad that people would, would, would challenge something about, once again, we all agree, at least the three of us, and hopefully all the other listeners agree, that water is a human right. It's not to be commodified. It's not something, I mean, I remember... Uh, when they started selling Perrier water at the at the bar, it was kind of cute, you know, <laughs> drinking some Perrier water. Right. And then, of course, some water problems started happening in various uh, uh, municipalities and cities and so forth. It happened in Milwaukee. Milwaukee used to, you know, right there on Lake Michigan, just like Chicago, had some of the best drinking water that I could think about any place. You know, when you tap that water from Lake Michigan, man. But then Cryptosporidium got into the water, you know. And at the time, it was also the time that that uh, AIDS was happening and, and HIV was happening. And so people who had AIDS died. People who had HIV became very sick. Some could possibly even die. And, and regular people like myself, if I drank it, you know, I would have the runs. I might, I might need to go to hospital to get fluids and so forth. It was just that bad, you know. And then, bam, everybody now, bottle water, bottle water, you know. But yet, what you're doing is you're providing straight from that tap that you have on that machine, drinking water. And it, and it's above the standards that are required. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Yeah, the, the, the water quality test is a, it, it's, uh, one that the state of Texas does. It's called the 30-cat schedule F. I remember when the guy came out there to take the water test, the first thing he asked me is who I made mad. He said, who did you piss off? I said, what are you talking about? He goes, nobody passes this test, man. This is the hardest water test there is. And uh, we came out, just blew, blew right through it. Right it on. Tests for every, right every on. chemical that's ever been found in water from east coast to west coast, north to mm -hmm. south, from Canada to the Gulf of Mexico. Any chemical that's ever been found in water, we tested for, for PFO, PFOAs, prefluorinated compounds, carcinogens, mm -hmm. made by a company called 3M. You hear about it all the time now. The, wow. um, the same stuff that uh, contaminated Camp Lejeune. Right. And that's been all over the Internet, the Camp Lejeune. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's in every, all, a little bit of that's in everybody's water. And mm -hmm. all, all of us have a little bit of uh, have some toxic chemicals in us from not only from the not only from water, but from things that we eat or packaging and just from the environment. Right. From the environment. We soil the environment. Mm -hmm. So basically, if you have. Say, if I put one of these large water generators at every at every grocery store in the United States where the climate is perfect for it to operate and ran it on solar power, even in even in a natural disaster, every every neighborhood would just be able to go there and just fill up their own have your own water containers at home, mm -hmm. eliminate the plastic bottles and go in there and fill up your two gallon jugs as many times as you want. Right on. That's the, 
Because, man. Just, just I, using that, you're pulling the water out of the air. And mm-hmm. if you're doing it year-round and you're not using it, you're going to wind up with hundreds of thousands of gallons of water. Right. A sur- Every city a serious, a serious could have surplus. that ready to go. Mm-hmm. A serious surplus. I was talking to a brother named Peter Brown. Peter Brown is with the uh, Ledge Group. And they've done outstanding work in Africa. And um, and he's aware of you, like many others have now become aware of you because I was uh, talking to uh, radio programs. I was telling Brother Apollo uh, uh, on Wednesday, I called into the radio program because they were collecting water here in Atlanta to, to you know, drive over to Jackson, Mississippi, a number of semi-truck loads. I think they had like four or five semi-loads of water, which is great, mm. you know, but that's temporary and there's water bottles everywhere you know and i know i don't know how long it's going to take you to get that machine to jackson you know to start the process of providing you know drinking water and i know you're going to need another machine or two or three you know to really help the 180,000 people uh citizens that are in jackson mississippi you know but i think that um what you have done, and, 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 and Brother Peter Brown, you need to look him up. It's called the Ledge Group. Um, Brother Apollo, maybe you can, uh, once the program is over, go online, look up the Ledge Group. You know, brother. Absolutely, Brother Osha. Yeah. I, I just wrote it down now, actually. Okay. Because he does outstanding work on the continent. You know, he has How many, many trucks are going? Uh, five. Five. Mm-hmm. Five. Five, ten, fifty, three, two. So that's a, and how many times do they have to do that? <laughs> well, uh, you so know. each truck going one way with that kind of weight, you're probably looking at five thousand dollars. Mm. Then for each five thousand, five thousand for each truck. So that's twenty five thousand dollars right there. Then the water on each truck. I'm, I'm going to go on a figure that we went on and in, in, um, uh, with the. Uh, Texas Commission of Environmental Quality, when they would pull up to uh, Whole Foods, not mm-hmm. Whole Foods, but Costco or Sam's Club, they'd pull up and they'd come up with an empty truck and then they would just fill it up with pallets. And back uh, in 2015, 2016, that was $15,000 a truck. So just say working on uh, $2014, mm-hmm. that would be $20,000 a truck. Wow. So two, four, six, eight, ten. Right there, you, every truckload that just went down there, you built a machine. Wow. See that? And you've got that happening. You've got that happening 100 times a day. Yeah. So, <laughs> in the, and so and it's going to continue to happen. So not only do you do it this week, you do it the next week, you do it the next week, right. you do it the next week. So basically what's going to happen here is you're going to wind up spending millions of dollars in bottled water, which – if you look at bottled water, what you're doing is not all that water comes from aquifers now. A lot of that water is just purified tap water. Right. It's right. not spring water. It's tap water that you get out of the tap that they sent through a filtration system, put into a bottle, and now so they're they're taking water from another community that's already probably water stressed to another community that's water stressed. And then on top of that, they leave a mountain of plastic that you have to get rid of mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. a, that's a that's an environmental disaster right it's already an environmental disaster whereas you can put these machines in place everybody has their own 
containers mm-hmm. that they can tap the water from. Yeah. That are, that are bisphenol A free, BPA free, non non toxic, non carcinogenic, and they have those bottles at home. So during a disaster, all they have to do is take those bottles to one of these centers where they have these machines, and the water's always been making it year round, and they've got hundreds of thousands of gallons stored, or five thousand or ten thousand gallons stored in each neighborhood because they've always had these prolonged problems. Mm-hmm. They take these bottles, they fill them up, they go home. End of story. Save money. Take that money that you're wasting with bottled water and the trucking and, and mm-hmm. destroying the environment and use that to fix your pipe. This is too... This Common sense is not very common. <laughs> no, it's not, brother. No, it's not. And it's, so I get it's really needed. frustrated when I sit when I sit and I have to I have to think about this because I've been doing it for so many years, and I and I get to talk to people who are still stuck in a in a in a paradigm that's from the 1950s or the 1960s. Some people just need to retire. They just need to retire, and I, some I people the, all these kids out there, these 20 year olds and these 30 year olds that have these wonderful ideas, these kids need to get together, push forward. Move some of these people out of the places right. that they're in because right. they're bringing innovative ideas. Yep. Yep. And if we don't, I, look, I'm I'm 64, and I can't wait to teach someone. I can't wait to teach a bunch of college kids how to do what I do. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, now you guys go have fun. Right. I've done my work. Yeah. You because have to be big. You have to be big enough to be able to step down when you know you need to step down. Well, see, that's you know what, brother Moses, that's the problem. Secession plan. We don't do it. Many, particularly amongst well, African Americans, they want to hold on for decades. What was kind of sad about this firefighter uh, convention I went to a, a few weeks ago? Mostly all of the people at the convention. It was our 50th anniversary. You know, I, I, I've been in, in the organization since 1980. It was our 50th anniversary, and most of all of the people who were there were retired. They had very few firefighters who are on the job, particularly. Most of the firefighters who are on the job would, I'd say, 10 years or more. So we didn't get those incoming young men and women, you know, that will further the organization along, bring in fresh ideas to move the organization forward. But we're going to talk about it. That's for damn sure, because if without it, that's the lifeblood. That's, that's what will continue to help the organization grow. What you're talking about will make sure that more innovative ideas and more and, 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 and machines are in places where they need to be, not just for drinking water, but for uh, uh, agricultural purposes and, and sanitation purposes, you know? So. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The one of the, uh, when I was in Puerto Rico, I had one young man that I was working with. His name was Alex. Uh, his, his wife was a, uh, a Purple Heart recipient, recipient. She wrote a book. And uh, she's pretty famous out there on the island of Vieques. And we were sitting, I was sitting out there one day, and he came up to me. He was in his 20s, and he, he told me to ask me to teach him all about the machine. And I needed some help because it, I had it to the place where I could, where everybody could just come up with their water jugs and fill them up. We're, make, we're, we're servicing 5,000 5, families, which comes out to about 15,000 people with all their drinking water. Mm-hmm. FEMA brought the jugs. That's where I got the two-gallon jugs from because that okay. was a good weight for everybody to carry. Right. And he he was walking up to come work with me one day. He just fell over and he died. And I, I <sighs> and that was from that was from all the contamination, all the stress, 
of being in that area. Wow. And that was a young guy. Wow. That, that was a young guy. And so. I know that was I, I, I know that was eye opening to you. Man. Yeah. I, I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking, I really got, I, here I am at my age. Yeah. And it made me think, I need to teach as many people how to do this job as possible. Mm-hmm. I have a foundation, the Moses West Foundation, that, I, that people donate to. And, and when they donate to that foundation, I am passing on this knowledge that I have to every kid that I can. When I get, when we get, what I'm doing right now with the machines that are going to, that are going to Jackson, I have, I have completely torn these machines down. Mm-hmm. They are, I stripped out all the insulation. I'm going through every weld. I'm, I've completely, the electronics in the machine I've completely removed all of what I do not like. I've changed the whole process. I had to order all the parts. When that machine goes down there, this is the implementation of the atmospheric water generator to the United States as a as a source of water. That's what this that's what this mission is right now with the Moses West Foundation going into Jackson, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. This is a permanent solution. This is not a temporary. This is not a Band-Aid. This is not duct tape. This is not bailing wire. This is this is something that this is something that's going to uh, move Jackson, Mississippi, and a lot of the United States into the 21st century when it comes to water, as the whole planet is running out. Yeah, yeah. And see, that's the thing. As I was talking to the gentleman on the radio program uh, here in Atlanta, you know, he was aware of of of. of of you and what you have done. And as I said to him, like we had our conversation a few a month ago that, uh, you know, there is no shortage of drinking water because drinking water could be everywhere. There's a problem of access to good drinking water. That's the deal, you know. And, and now that you have machines that run even more efficient and better, you know, so that, that, that question is, is being answered. But the problem is development and placement of it, you know, wherever they're needed. And and so, you know, um, can't say enough, dear brother, about what you have done. I really can't. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. You know, I like uh, the, what you said about the drinking water. Mm-hmm. We got we have these we have these great lakes, and we but if we if we start to tap into every freshwater source of water that we have right now, and move it all over the United States. I I mean we I don't I don't know how long it will last though. Yeah, because you look at because it's a it's a finite it's finite right. You know it's it's filling up when it rains and when it snows in certain parts, but we the climate has changed. Mm-hmm. We, uh, a lot of people don't want to admit it. Oh, you know what? I, I stick my knees out in the breeze, man. I, when I when it, when I'm going out the plane, I'm going out all the way. So when you want to talk to me about something, you're going to get the truth. Climate are, change is real. Climate change is real. No, and, it's not real. It is here. It is here. Remember, this, remember yeah. that thing that we call the tipping point? Mm-hmm. They said, oh, right. oh, if we go past this point, we right. can't go past this point. Because if we go past this point, we can't go back. Right. Oh, we went We went past that point three years ago. See? I'm we went at, past that point three years ago. I'm sitting at the firehouse um, in the 80s. I wasn't an officer. I was just a firefighter. And and I'm sitting at the table and I'm reading the, the local newspaper. 
and I'm reading I'm reading this article on global warming is what they pretty much called it at that time. And it talked about all the things that have come to pass. And they said, if you don't do these things, these are the things that will happen. And they have been happening. And and one of the things that was interesting to me was that and it messed up a lot of people because they're talking about global warming. Well, hell, it's real cold outside. Can't be global warming. It's cold. No. What the article said even back then, these would be extremes, weather extremes, extreme cold weather for periods of time, extreme hot weather for periods of time, a long drought for periods of time, more powerful tornadoes, uh, more, more serious hurricanes, and more of them. And you're right. We're past that. We're past that mm-hmm. tipping point. And so, you know, now it doesn't make any difference. And, and, and I, don't, I don't know if you remember when uh, Jimmy Carter was in the White House, he put solar panels on the White House. I remember it well. Yeah. And Reagan took them down. Immediately. Ronald Reagan took them things down. He just got in the house, took them down, and solar and wind was bought out by the oil industry, and he just... You know, him and his guys just went to town, Jack. <laughs> and look at today. You, it gives me um it, I I got to talk with uh when you go to when you go to or he sits on my board of directors, his name is Dr. Les Shepherd. And whenever I get to talk to Les on the phone, it's a it's always a great treat to talk to him. He uh, started the uh sustainability institute at the University of Texas. I always tell him, I say, you know, less than any other life, you and I wouldn't even be friends. <laughs> <laughs> I go, yes, I say, you're way too smart to be hanging out with me. <laughs> and we had a conversation, and after I had that conversation, I got anxiety. Mm. I, I just felt like I needed to go to bed. Yeah. Everything, everything that we, everything that I see going on in the world today, mm-hmm. and I know people don't like, people don't like, they always want to be suspect when it comes to like donating something. I tell you what, this is a fast getting the way that I do this work and the way that I have the engineers do this work. And when I can get this thing to a point where I can just expose it to everybody and just bring everybody in to try to, to get it built, to build their greenhouses, to grow their food, to power their, power their houses by nothing but solar power making their water, making their food, and just living completely off-grid. That's what this foundation does. And that's, and that's what, what we all have to do. Yeah, that's where we need to go. That's where we, we need ha- to if, go. If, if, if we don't do it, I'm telling you, it, have you heard of the, the coastal cities? The coastal cities that are trying, they don't talk about it on the news, the coastal cities that are trying to get their people to vote to move the towns. Yeah, because they're going to be flooded. They're going to be flooded soon. Yeah, soon. Yeah, we are Not... so we're so we're so far ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh remember yeah. That stuff that said. Well, remember they said it, it'll be seventy-five years from now. Remember that? Right. It's not seventy-five years anymore. It's about twenty thirty, ain't it? It's now. It's now. Yeah. The stuff that we the, the stuff yeah. that we see happening today, I should have been. I never should have saw this. I'm seeing things today that I that I was not supposed to see. I should have I should have already been way past my life expectancy now. But I'm seeing I'm seeing uh, I'm seeing Greenland 
melt from the bottom. Mm-hmm. Not from the top, from the bottom. Hmm. I'm seeing the uh, the the big ice shelves. Don't do, everybody's got to understand when an ice shelf breaks, that's not raising the sea level. The ice shelf that sits on the ocean is just the bottle cap. That's just that's already got the sea level rise with it. It's going to okay. break off. It's not going to change sea level rise. But that piece, it was holding back the massive piece that's on the land. Now that piece that was on the land now gets to slide into the ocean. Right. There's your, that's your problem. And those yeah. shells are all breaking off. Right. And those, these chunks of, some of these chunks of ice are about, are the size of California. Yeah. Yeah. I just read about <laughs> another piece like that just the other day. They talked about when this one goes, it's going to raise the sea level by, what did he say? Uh, damn near a foot. So basically, mm-hmm. basically, all those coastal cities of Miami, New Orleans, New York, and so forth, Manhattan, is going to be underwater. Well, you've already seen it in New York. You saw in New York when we had it, they had a rainfall, they had some rain come. Mm-hmm. And this just happened recently, and people were stuck down in their basements. People were stuck in their basements, and they couldn't, uh, they, the, the water was halfway up the doors. Mm-hmm. Lots of people drowned in their basements in New York. Yeah, and wow. we've had it happen a, a, a couple of times. Was it Superstorm Sandy? Yeah, they got another Superstorm about to hit California. That's going to dump a whole bunch of rain, and because of all those fires, mm-hmm. the ground won't be able to soak up that rain. There's just going to be serious mudslides. Ser- <laughs> you know, <laughs> they just had it in Arizona. They. Um, the Arizona, when they had the big rain just here a few weeks ago, and they said, well, as rain's coming, it's going to fill up the reservoirs. Yeah, it filled up the reservoirs with all the runoff from the burn-up houses, the burn-up trees, the yeah. burn-up tire dumps, the burn-up garbage dumps, yeah. and it flowed all that toxicity right into the place where they used to have their drinking water. Now the drink place where the drinking water used to be is so contaminated you can never drink it again. There's too many heavy metals, mercury, and everything else in that water. Chemicals, pesticides, all the stuff that burn up and became super yeah. carcinogenic. It's, it's now in that water table. Man, green. In all the streams. Wow. Tell me, now, okay, we also remember we talked about acid rain. So there's problems in the atmosphere itself. So you put a machine and it sucks up the moisture that is in the atmosphere. But now when it goes through the machine, how does that change? How, do, how does that purification process work? So if there's all kinds of other stuff that is in that atmosphere, acid or any other kinds of, of contaminants, how does that change? So that so when it what comes, what it does out, is, uh, yep, this question has been asked a lot, and we tested for it, and that's how I got the uh, uh, PFO eight, the P, uh, prefluorinated compounds test. Okay. And so when the when the air is just like we're breathing, you and I are outside breathing. We breathe something in, and it goes into our our, our capillaries. And then it uh, it goes into our systems. Right. And then we breathe it out. Right. Well, the difference between us and this machine is this machine has a, a solid surface area that's at a certain temperature. And the air, when it moves through, the air is filtered when it comes through, unlike what our lungs do. It's right. not filtered. Right. And so the air comes through. Heavy particles are caught on the filters. The air comes through. It's only a surface not a, it's not anything liquid 
in there for it to stick to. Hits that surface, that air hits it, it's at the right temperature, the H2O molecule gets stuck to it, makes a water drop, that water drops fall, water drop falls, and then any air that's left is pushed out of the side of the machine or the front of the machine. You can feel it when it comes out. Hmm. So when you're standing by one side, it's coming in like it's coming in being been pulled in with a vacuum okay. and it comes out the other side then you can just stand there and you can just feel the air come out mm. so it's a it's a steady flow and the only thing that's happening is that air is going over a surface area catching that h2o molecule it doesn't want benzene it doesn't want anything it just wants h2o <laughs> okay now I and understand. so the computer that's mm-hmm. on the on board on the machine. What it does, it's regul it's it's regulating the temperature of that surface area by calculating where the dew point is, the humidity level is in the mm-hmm. air, and what the temperature is. And the dew point's always shifting, so the the uh, onboard PLC is always assessing that. So mm-hmm. it, it's only capturing H two O molecules. Yeah. So I just told everybody how to build a machine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now go do it. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> For real. <laughs> For real. But man, it is so necessary because you know one of the things that human beings need more than anything. We can, you know, go days, maybe even weeks without food, but we can't go a few days without water. You know. Three. Three days. We can go three days. Mm-hmm. That's about it. No, you are three. A third, third day. Third, third, third day. What my? What is? Become, what? What happens to me on, on that third day? That you don't want to become. <laughs> okay. Okay. You, yeah. you go uh, third day. You you revert back to some something primal in nature. Yeah. If you make it, if you make it five days, if you if you make you're it stark five raving days, mad, huh? You. you no, you'll you'll do things that you never thought you would do. Mm. You would drink things that you never thought you would drink. Yeah. We have accounts of it in our in history. Uh, mm-hmm. There's one account where you can read about uh, the uh, Korean War. There was a there was this group of soldiers. It was called Task Force Smith. They came over from Japan. They met the Chinese up on up uh, north of Seoul. The Chinese pushed them all the way back down. And guys were straggling in, going all the way back down to the to the Pusan perimeter, all the way from the north, all the way down south. Task Force mm-hmm. Smith. When mm-hmm. those guys, when they got beat by the by the Chinese, those mm-hmm. guys ran out of water. So the only thing they had to pass by was rice paddies. And I've been to Korea twice, and rice paddies are are, are um, they're fertilized with human human waste. That's the only water these guys saw. <laughs> They stopped and they drank that with no problem. Wow. No problem. They didn't even bat an eye. So this is, that's what happens to you yeah. when you run out of water. You will drink anything yeah. that's liquid. Yeah. Now, if you live in an environment for so long and the water, like say for instance, I go there with my with my metabolism and my you know environment that I've come from, if I drink that water, I'll be sick. Just like I've gone to Ghana. And gotten sick a couple times for drinking the water mistakenly. One time mm-hmm. the, they didn't boil the water good enough for the tea. Another time I foolishly, uh, said, yeah, give me a cup of ice. I need because my water, my bottle of water is warm. Damn it, oh shit. Mm. Damn it, yeah. You know. But when I went to village, when I went to vi- visit this village that's on stilts in the water, the guy who was driving the boat, 
He was putting his hand in the water and drinking it. I'm like, damn, you know, <laughs> I know that you, you know, that you build up a, an immunity and a resistance after so long if you're in a particular environment. But I'm like, whoa, that's that water don't look good at all. You know, but so here what you're saying and what you're and, and, and what you're producing is the best water that can be that you can drink. The best water that you can drink, even if the atmosphere is not that good because of what the machine does, you know? Yeah, yes, exactly. And then with water, when once you have the base of water, it's like, okay, people pull water out of an aquifer and they make Coke. People pull wa- water out of an aquifer and they make Mr. Pibb, Dr. Pepper, Kool-Aid. They do all kinds of things with it. Mm-hmm. They make flavored drinks, mineral drinks. They take it. They add it to right. to different fruits. They make they make liquor with it. They do all kinds of stuff with it. Mm-hmm. But it's like having that base, like you have a base to make soup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when, when you have this base, then you can tailor that water. You can once you have absolute when you have a really pure source of water. Then you can change you like I can tailor the pH on the water. Mm-hmm. So I like nine point eight to eleven, eleven point five, nine to eleven. So you can tailor that. But then you can tailor what type of minerals you like to have. All trace minerals, you can make sure that they're all in your water. Mm. So basically, you can make the you can make the purest water in the most uh, most valuable mineral wise to the human body as possible. Mm-hmm. Just by having a having the foundation of good water to start with, which we don't have in most right. cases, right? And you can alkaline it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can alkaline it. Yeah, because yeah. I've been drinking most alkaline. Definitely. I've been drinking alkaline water for years now. You want to take some calls? Can you can you do that? Please. Can, okay, let's take some calls. Let me. Seven oh two. Seven oh two. Good afternoon. You're on. African Perspectives with uh, Baba Oshi and my guest is Brother Moses West and Brother Paula. Hello, are you there? Okay, maybe they're just listening. Uh, 404, 404, good afternoon. Hey, my brother Oshi, Yuhuru. Yuhuru, brother. Hey, Mr. Moses West, man, I'm glad to talk to you, man. I, I want to invest with y'all, man. Put some money in there. So I get a return on my investment. I'm glad Ochi got you on. So is that possible? <laughs> Not this time right now. I'm for we're, we're I'm working in my uh, foundation right now, but uh, we are we are we do take donations to the Moses West Foundation right now, and that and it's tax free. Yeah, it's tax deductible. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm trying to get out of these taxes, man. They time up, man. I'm trying to get away. But anyway, my brother, when you start. I'm, I'm about business now, man. I know everybody want to donation, but I might donate, man, but I want to invest sometime down the road, my brother, so we can take this thing on, uh, uh, make money off this, man. You can't be just giving away stuff, man. You got God no, no, I, you give, man. Yeah, but I do. I have a, uh, I have a contracting company where I build these machines for the military. So he's making money. Okay, well, I'm about to go. ahead. Yeah, I'm go about ahead. that money, man. So, uh, I'm about investment for our people, man. I'm about to ready to go to South Africa, man. Get kick these devils out so we own our gold and our own diamond mine, man. 
<laughs> but anyway, I appreciate it. I wish I let somebody talk, man. All I right, brother research. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Three four seven three four seven. Good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon. Um, brother West, let me let me ask you a couple of quick questions. Um, number one, how long does it take to um reproduce these machines? Uh, depends on you know if I if all the parts are in the supply chain right now I got some serious supply chain issues getting components and parts prices things have gone up if everything's on the if everything's there and I could get it the same day I could make a machine probably in in five days and also what what is the the cost of the machines to make. Right now, the machine that I the machine that I make in my contracting company, and that price is probably going to change because of the cost of the parts, is uh, eighty nine thousand five hundred dollars. Okay, so now, if I'm not mistaken, the machine is supposed to produce three hundred and seventy five thousand gallons per day. Nope. Uh, I'm measuring liters. This machine, uh, the machine that uh, machines that I work with now that I build right now, do 800 liters a day. 800 liters. Then I build a machine that does 5,000 liters a day, and I can build a machine that does 10,000 liters a day, and a machine that does 20,000 liters a day. Ooh. Okay, so now if you could build the machines at the largest capacity, now that you're in Jackson, Mississippi, helping the people there, how many machines would be needed to try to put a dent in this crisis that's going on? If I take out if I take all of the engineering know-how that I have right now today and I work with Southwest Resource Institute or one of the larger universities, there would not be a, it would not be a problem to put in several systems in Jackson, Mississippi that each, each system that I would put in would be a structure and each one of those structures can make 50,000 uh, 50, liters of water a day. 50,000 liters a day. But I'm asking you, with the crises that's going on, how many machines would be, say, needed to to try to put a dent in this problem and and make it so that the people in Jackson, Mississippi, could have water? That's what I'm asking. At least 100 100 of the largest systems that I manufacture right now with no research and development, 100 of those systems. Wow. So you so you're saying to produce 100 of these machines and to put forward the safety net so that if let's say the water system goes out again it would probably let's say cost around a million dollars or more. Say that, say that again. If I'm saying it would probably cost a million dollars or more in order to put together a system so that if the water goes out again, 
like it has over this um, last two week period or longer. Okay. Well, the Apollo. Absolutely, absolutely. I'd be happy to. So, <clears throat> for the okay. city of Jackson, we've done some math, and based on our math, we've seen that you know in the news reports and things that they said it will cost them one billion dollars to one point seven billion dollars to fix the water treatment plant. Now, for a long-term solution for the city of Jackson, what we would be providing is over 100 units, as Moses said. To be exact, it's 114 units. That's the AWG 5000, and it would be between 50 to 60 million, but that would be a lasting solution, and it's depending on the configuration that the city would need. But it's substantially a much cheaper solution. Than right, than one day. Totally whole right. Mm-hmm. See, now, see, see, now, this right here, this right here is the game that's being played. It always played on black people. And I would hope that as you explain to the mayor and others the amount of the cost that's involved, that they would figure out that they're being manipulated, used, hoodwinked, and boozled, and just absolutely robbed and took advantage of. Because, you know, they're going to fix or they're going to try to fix the water system. Let's let's be clear. But at least you would take a portion of the overspending to try and fix the water system to put forward a backup that is reliable and more trustworthy than your system. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? At the fraction, the fraction of the cost of what's being spent. Now, let me tell you something. If the mayor and the city officials don't understand that when you put forward practical plans and numbers, it's nothing but thievery going on. That's all. Real real talk. It's thievery going on. Because it's no way it's no way that it should cost a couple of million dollars to make it sufficient enough for your city who's been going through this for for years to sit back and wait for something to be fixed for billions of dollars that will probably still break down. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, I do. Yeah. 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 That's and why the, this and, is... And the thing is hold on, Jay. Hold on, Jay. Hold on, Jay. Hold on, Jay. Go ahead. This is why this is why what I what I have here in the foundation is called an NGO, a non-governmental organization. What I do is is I take I take funds, I get donated funds from the public to do the public good. So when I go in there with with your donations and everyone else's donations, these donations will go to support the community. It's not there to go to 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 any place to to do anything other than help the people we the people that's the whole point of a non-governmental organization if other if other organizations wish to come in and support that they must always remember that we you and i and everyone who supports this foundation we are there for the people 
I say, I agree. And we can do well, that know. together. We mm-hmm. do. We 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 put people in office, but then we are neighbors. You are you are my neighbor, even though you live way on the other side of the country from me. And I have neighbors in California, and I have neighbors in New York. We are all neighbors of this great country. And so when we pool our money together, we help each other. And that's the point. Well, well, I was surprised that the United States government hasn't tried to take this away from you. Because based on the situation, and let's be very clear, with water and what's going on in this country, I mean, just think about California. Let's, let's even think about this right quick. What's going on with the farmers in Texas? Now, with your machine, you could have solved a lot of the problems with the farmers in Texas. So it, it, it just really amazes me how the government isn't really about solving problems, especially when there's a solution that could help the population if they don't control it. And, well, that's, the, you, and that's the tragedy. You might have missed this in the uh, earlier part of our conversation, but uh, I, um, I have a company called AWG Contracting, and that company, AWG Contracting, has been building units for the United States military for several years. I, I'm, I'm building machines for the military today. The same machines that I want to take to Jackson, Mississippi, I build those for the United States Marines and the United States Army. And they have them, they operate them, and they like them. And that's the same machine that, so the government, the uh, government knows about this technology and they're working with it actively. But the, the government, the, the, our, our military government, our military infrastructure does not, does not have anything to do with, with supplying water to Jackson. They, they are the, they're the defenders of this country. So we, I, I, we can't blame them. You, you, you understand? No, 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 you missed the point. I'm saying the government, I'm saying I'm surprised that the government, I'm not talking about the military. I'm talking about the government. I'm surprised they haven't gone after the, the technology. You know, yeah, they'll use it. I mean, it's beneficial to them. Why wouldn't they use it? But I'm surprised that they haven't gone after the technology and what you've done. So, I mean, you know, hey, you never know what may happen because, believe me, what you're doing is going to become real popular if the American public get on board. Unfortunately, the American public doesn't really know about you and doesn't know about your product in the manner in which they should, but hopefully... If things work out in Jackson, Mississippi, they will know. Because believe me, there's places all over this country that could use you, sir. And I wish oh, thank you, you but the best. Because I believe I believe in what you do it. I think that it's necessary as one would say for for, for the growth of of the country. And I'll be honest with you, I don't give a damn about the country. I just care about the people. But the point of the matter is your product is supposed to be a product that's widely built, developed, 
and pushed around the country to help with the crises that is going on with water. Because think about it. California doesn't get water in the manner in which they should get water. And Lord knows, imagine what you could do if you had the supplies and you had the the money and the infrastructure to build these machines and strategically be placed all over this country. Things would change in this country in a, in, a, in a much broader way because I'll leave you with this. I just spoke to you about Texas and the crises in Texas. Do you know that that is one of the reasons why inflation is growing the way it is within the food industry because they yep. can't they can't plant and they can't do certain things because of the lack of water. And imagine if you could produce the water to help that. Who does it benefit? It benefits everybody in the country. So as they say, thank you for your service, sir. Brother West, I say thank you. God speed to you. Do one thing for yourself and for your family. Protect yourself, brother. Because there's there's evil forces out there that don't want you to do what you're doing because they don't want humanity to progress and move forward, man. And, 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 and the creator and the ancestors have put you here at this time to really, really place yourself in a position to not only help here, but help other places around the world to allow us to survive. Right so on. thank you again, sir. And hey, I hope everything works out in Mississippi and that the mayor listens to you and that when they see these numbers that you're talking about in the course of solving this water problem to where, you know, it would be the perfect backup. Hey, man, all I can do is just hope for the best for you, brother. Thank you again. Right on, Jay. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. 215. 215. Good afternoon. Bye-bye. This is Baba Oshi. Peace and blessings. How are you? I'm doing fine, Brother T. How are you, brother? I am grateful that Good. you brought on Mr. Wu. This is an awesome show. I just have a few questions I'd like to ask him and the other guests. Uh, this is just great. I'd like to first tell him how magnanimous he is and his, his thoughts and his purposes is all from the Almighty. And he yeah. is a great person. Yeah. Regardless with anybody. He's, man, believe me. I hold him in high. I hold him in high regard, high esteem, man, brother and Moses. It was great West. that you were able to pull this through. This is yeah. awesome. But my question to him is, uh, how? What's the circumference of this machine, and uh, well, how big is it? Oh, it's a, it's it's pretty small. Uh, the, the one that's coming out right now is probably about forty inches tall, about forty-five by forty-five wide, uh, long and wide inches. Wow. So second question, the upkeep of the uh, machine, uh, are there parts that come with it or that when if you were to purchase it that you could retrofit or something like that? Oh, there's no need to retrofit. And uh, everything's accessible by a panel. So the only thing that you'd have to do is replace your filters. But say, like when I put, I'm putting one at my house this year. And so the one I put in my house, is, it's just going to run and uh, it'll, I don't have to do anything to it. 
I think I could run it for an entire year without even replacing the air filters. I was about to ask that, that question. Is wow, amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. So it'll run for an entire year. You don't have if it's if it's always on. Uh, just the same way you replace your filters on your air conditioner at home, you do the same thing with a system. So you can do it every six months. But if you're living in an environment where the air is really dirty, like in a some place where next to a highway or something like that, because we did that on a military base one time, and those filters would get black. And so what I would do with those, I would I would take the filters out. I look at the side that were, where the air was coming in, it'd be dark. I look at the other side, and it was clean. I just spray them off, spray the water from the backside off, and put a, put the filter right back in. That was it. Okay, so if I was rich, uh, could I purchase one as an individual? Yes. Okay. You can purchase okay. one now. So, okay. So how has many uh, rich people bought these? They've had a lot of inquiries about it, but the only rich people that the only people that are purchasing these machines from the United now, in all honesty, is the federal government. Wow! So my my I, I'm building I'm building right now for the federal government. Well, congratulations. Um, I'd like to ask you also: Do you believe that our carbon, my breath, your breath, our uh, farts, is killing the planet? Our what? Our carbon, as they're saying, our carbon, the United States of America government is saying our breathing, our farts, they're burying uh, animal farts, they're putting them in bags, they're putting them underground in a storage facility. The methane? Do you believe that is the, Yes. You mean... Our, our methane? Human methane? Yes, they're saying that our methane, wow. our breathing, is killing the oh. planet. I don't, no, I don't I, I'm surrounded by trees right now, and in in my breath that I breathe out, the trees, trees take that exactly, suck and them then up. the trees put put back oxygen. Right. So what our breathing, the trees give back oxygen. We right. take oxygen in, and we, we get off carbon our, dioxide. Yeah, yeah. And when it goes out, the trees the trees like that. Mm-hmm. They thrive on that. Now, but when we go. Don't get on the wrong side of don't get on the wrong side of of a of a, a any large industry that has heavy lobbying. So, but I just can tell you that uh, um, methane uh, methane emissions uh, is is a significant portion significant portion of of greenhouse gas. I'm a I, I, I'm a I'm a vegetarian and a vegan actually. So, well, I, I concur, but I'm trying to understand their narrative because it doesn't make sense to me that humans are killing, as you probably know, that they are cutting down trees and burying them underground, which doesn't make any sense. I believe they're terraforming the planet. And my my last and well, final well, brother brother T, I know I just seen a piece on uh, the Amazon uh, that. The, oh. which, I know, I know. You know what I'm going to say, brother Moses. They oh have done. They have done a terrible okay. thing, irreparable, and maybe not even reversible. That what they have done to the Amazon and the president of Brazil, Bolsonaro, who is just like Donald Trump, could give less than a rat's ass. It's all about money and, and for the farmers. And what they have done is really created a serious problem, brother Moses. Go ahead. The Amazon rainforest, or the rainforest of the world, with the Indonesia, wherever they're at, uh, 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 
uh, Southeast Asia. Uh, the rainforest was our oxygen generator. Right. So the rainforest ate carbon, and it pushed out oxygen. Uh, when you used to look at Brazil, there's just these huge clouds of moisture used to come off the rainforest. The rainforest of Africa just it created all the air that we created all the air that we had on the earth. The, the, earth, the earth is an ecosystem. So it took in carbon, it ate carbon and it pushed out oxygen. Mm -hmm. We've cut down and destroyed so much of the rainforest. Now is doing done in reverse. It's doing the opposite. The rainforest today is emitting, emitting carbon and eating oxygen. So we've taken a whole ecosystem that was meant for our survival and now it's gone in reverse. It's emitting, it's emitting greenhouse gases, and it's and it's eating, taking in oxygen, and not letting it go. That's why I believe these are demons that are doing this. And I just have two more things. This, the, do you remember when the Amazon caught on fire? Oh, they yeah, they set it on fire. They burn a football field every few, every few. I can't remember the time frame, but we're losing a football field probably every few minutes. Well, it it, it burned out of control and uh, burned a, a a large area of it, and I believe that that was on purpose because I believe they're terraforming the planet. And my last and final thing is, why are these rich people, these Obama likes, buying property close to the shores and telling the people to move because it's going to be flooded? I think, which I don't, I don't believe, but do they have like a super pump in case it gets flooded or something? Because it just doesn't make sense to me. There, you, you know, we have this thing that we like to do here as humans. We're very, um, we're, we're very full of ourselves. We're very arrogant, and so when the ocean level is rising, we just say, "Oh, we're just going to build this big concrete wall, or we're going right. to build these super pumps, and." And we're going to hold back Mother Nature. I got some news for you. Mm. Mother Nature, mm -hmm. she Go always ahead. bats last, and <laughs> she always bats a thousand. That's deep. That's she sad. bats last, yeah. she bats a thousand. Mm -hmm. You cannot fight Mother Nature. She will, she yeah. will school you. Mm -hmm. Well, just as I believe, you you uh, helped me out. And again, Brother Oshie, thanks for the show. Thank you, Mr. West and uh, the other gentlemen for coming on. And here's to a great day. Be safe and keep up the great work. Right on, Brother Oh, T. thank you very much. Right on. Appreciate thank you, man. You thank you. Right. Yep. Peace and love. Yeah. I tell you, you can join this conversation, 215-490-9832, 215-490-9832. We still have a number of people who are in the queue. If you are and you want to talk to Brother Moses West and Brother Apollo Mansour, then you can hit star twice. Hit star twice and I'll get you in. You know, um, I tell you, you know, the more we talk about this and the more I come to understand what's happening I have a mixed emotion about it. You know what I'm saying? Because I know we're teetering on the destruction of the planet, but we're also being blessed because we're now, there. Okay. 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 We're there. Yeah. Because some of us. Well, one, 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 one of the call. I'm sorry for interrupting. Go, go on. No, but I was just, no, I was going to say, uh, Brother Moses, that, you know, here you have the, uh, uh, 
the right wingers. You have the those who believe that global warming or climate change was not real. That all these things are not happening, and 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 you have them within the government. They're senators, they're congresspersons. You have them in local government, has governors, has has uh, has state reps and and alder persons. You have these individuals when the evidence is right there, and yet and still, they, you know, they don't want to. They don't want to do what is necessary to change the course. That this planet is on, as if that I, I'm, I'm more. Uh, uh, it's more important that I get these short-term gains than any long-term damn solution. I'm going to get mine now at the expense of everybody else. It's just man. I like to I like to equate things in, in kind of simplistic terms. And some things like some kids can understand them, and everybody can understand them. Some are kind of silly, but here's the one I have. So you got two people in there standing. You got two groups of people in there standing on the beach in in uh, San Francisco. And they're all slapping each other around. One group's talking about uh, friggin' LBGTQ rights, and there another group's talking about uh, being woke. Another group's talking about uh, black reparations. Another group's talking about wanting to own their guns. And everybody's all sitting on the beach and all slapping each other and fighting each other around on the beach. And they all got their back to the ocean. And Godzilla walks out of the ocean and steps on all of them. <laughs> okay, man. <laughs> and so what we're doing right now is we're all running around with all these little issues and things that everybody wants to talk about, these little hot-button issues, hot-button that, hot-button this, this celebrity did that. But the wild card in the room is Mother Nature. Mm-hmm. And right now she's there. Mother Nature is cutting off your food. Mother Nature is cutting off your water. Mother Nature is making your planet hot. And you still want to distract everybody with these little hot button issues. I don't care, you know what a woman when when women go and they want to do. I you know, I, I have nothing. Uh, there, I, I'm I'm not in there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not in what people do behind closed doors. Right. What I Stay need business. to care about is what what you whether you have food, water, shelter, and energy. And there's there's a lot of distraction going on. And those are people can have their opinions and do what they want to do. But we all have to do. I don't care if you are on the far right or the far left. I don't care what you believe in. There's lots of different beliefs in the world. I don't care what you believe in, but we all have some things in common. The thing that we have in common is we all want food. Mm-hmm. Well, first we first we have to have water. We've got to have water. We need food and we need shelter. Food, mm-hmm. water, and shelter. If you don't have those, you can't get up and argue your point. And I think it's great that everybody argues your point. But the people on the right fully have their right to argue the point. People on the left have a full right to argue their point, as mm-hmm. do the people in the center, as does everybody in the United States. Mm-hmm. And we need to listen to all of their arguments. But at the same time, they should all pull together to ensure that we can all eat, drink, and have shelter. Mm-hmm. To continue to argue our points, mm-hmm. but see, I think, and what, I'll listen to anybody's point. But the the point we need to understand is we need to eat and drink. Yeah, yep, and, and it should be safe, and it should be nutritious, and it should be something that is necessary for human development and growth. It should be there. Yes, and w- you know, and one of the gentlemen mentioned the the about the farmers. Well, I got some more bad news for you with the heat wave that we got in California. 
where uh, uh, two-thirds of our fruits and vegetables, uh, two, two-thirds of our fruits and vegetables come from in the United States. They have a horrendous heat wave. Lake Mead is going dry. So the San Joaquin Valley is not going to be able to produce as much food as it did. And we still don't know what's going to happen this year. I, I predict that they're going to have – when the rainy season comes, I got I, I predict now that they're going to have serious flooding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mudslides and ha- so forth. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's. I think I gave Apollo Apollo the name of this system that's going to come in. I was studying it a couple of weeks ago, and I and um, so when these rivers when these rivers of water come in, they're going to hit the Sierra Nevadas, and then it's going to just drop down torrents of rain. California will flood. The mega storm. Yeah, mega, mega storm. storm. Yeah, mega go storm. go ahead, Apollo. No, no, Moses. Moses was telling me about the mega storms before, and how it's 28 days or more of, of torrential downpour that basically just washes over these hills in the San Joaquin Valley, like day in day out. The rain that's going to fall because of all the evaporated moisture that went into the into the clouds and into the air, and that that warm air that's coming off of the ocean mm-hmm. is basically going to cause the raindrops to the rainfall is going to be substantially more than people can can really handle in one sitting. And all that flooding that you're seeing all over the place that's happening right now is because of all this evaporated water that's causing all of this heavy rainfall. Wow. See, globally now we don't have uh, – whenever you hear about rain globally now, we have some trickly rain up here. Uh, we have some here in Texas, some, some little bit of rainfall, but then in Dallas, remember a few weeks back they had flooding. Right. They, had they went from drought to flooding. Mm-hmm. So we don't we don't have just we we don't have uh, just like a little drizzle anymore. Whenever it rains now, it kills people. It destroys property. So if you if you look at the entire global map of uh, climate disasters right now, mm-hmm. they're everywhere. So hence yeah. the reason that that I that I did do this technology. This is how I got started. I came to the state and I said, we have a state of Texas. And I said, we have five years to get this technology implemented. The only one who took heed to me was the United States military. The United States military listened. And now I'm now with the, with the Moses West foundation, we go out and we show people what can be done. And I teach people, we teach people, We'll start educational programs to get people up to speed on maintaining the equipment. And as fast as I can make these machines, it's as fast as I'll get them out to people. And I like to do it. I like to do all that on donations. So that way you're not beholden to anybody. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you, you know, a few weeks ago when you had the uh, link to Jackson, Mississippi, put on your MosesWestFoundation.org. And um, when I first clicked on it, it was like 11000 It's about $30,000 now, you know, and it's constantly coming in. And But I know that one machine, it costs you to, to produce it, it's almost $90,000, you know. So Yeah, that's – yes, but we're getting there. We're getting yeah. to the point now where people are understanding enough and that they understand. Like, for me, when I build a machine – like say someone someone uh, someone donated uh, ten thousand dollars the other day. That ten thousand dollars that goes into a machine that goes into electronic control system mm-hmm. that goes into the air handling device. 
Mm-hmm. I got probably one of the only foundations in the world where when you donate something, it goes to buy a part, goes to the machine, because I don't get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. My contracting officer doesn't get a paycheck. <laughs> See, that's the I, thing. I, See, that, that's the <laughs> thing that I, I respect and love you for because you understand that. Because there's, you know, uh, there's been corporations, excuse me, not corporate organizations and entities that seek donations, you know, and a lot of times the donations. So, for instance, I gave a hundred dollars. Well, almost a third of that goes to administration. Maybe another 15 percent goes to something, and then the 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 entity which is supposed to help probably gets about twenty percent. You know, and that's a problem, and that's why the problem's never alleviated because the money that people donate to correct the problem is not going directly to correct the problem. It's going to people's pockets, you know? Yep. And so, you know, to me, the bottom line at this time, that's why, you know, from a visionary standpoint, Brother Moses West, you're you're spot on. Because this is what's happening. Just like when I read that article back in the 1980s about global warming, I've been talking about it ever since. I've had a program on it uh, ever since. And now I, I have you and... Another other few people than Brother Apollo. I'm going to consistently talk about this because it needs to be understood and the things that we need to do. It would be great, if, you know, if, if we could deal with uh, uh, aquaponics, maybe a solution, uh, other ways to use the water that is going to be produced as a solution. But the problem is going to be is that Mother Nature, just like you said, you know, that's a thousand. And it's the last voice. And Mother Nature is, is going to wreak havoc on the planet. So, He's doing it now. Yeah. If, if, you were in, if you were in Pakistan right now, you would be sitting in Pakistan and a third of the country is underwater. They're still underwater. There's people standing that they've been, they've been waist deep in water for, for how many days? Man. And they they can't get they can't get dry a third of the country, and yeah, when they we just focused on so the other here. day. I'm sorry, brother Paula. Go ahead. Go on. No, go no, on, I was saying. Uh, no, no, I was saying we we you know we recently spoke to you know one of the biggest universities in Pakistan, and they told us that their the city is still 45 percent as confirmed of two days ago underwater still. 45 percent underwater seven. 45% and the water is seven feet high. The water is seven feet high. They can't even, people can't even find their homes anymore. Wow. Let me give you the rundown here. Okay. When we, we're, we, we don't, we miss, we miss so much when it comes to, uh, we miss so much when it comes to climate change. And what we're missing is we're missing the, the uh, information that's out there. Uh, did you know that uh, Korea just got hit by one of the most powerful typhoons in history? See, that's sad because that kind of information should be. I watch national news. I watch cable news. Didn't hear a damn thing about it. Nothing about it. No, nope. I wasn't. I spent two years in Korea. They just got hit by a typhoon. That was it's uh, category five. It's still category five. You know, one hundred eighty. Yeah, hundred miles an hour. Yeah, miles. An, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So the typhoons are strong. We got um, uh, the Rhine River is, is drying up. Rhine River is drying up in Europe. It's fed by yep, 
it's, it's getting so dry that they can't transport the coal ships up and down. Yeah. Europe has gone back to burning coal, even though they stopped because it's a serious greenhouse gas. But they're going because uh, they got to burn coal because uh, of the war in the Ukraine. Uh, uh, they, their thermostats can't go above 66 degrees all winter long. They're going to be regulated and fined if they heat their homes more than 66 degrees, <laughs> which is pretty cold. In That's Europe. cold. Yeah. We've got uh, uh, China right now. Uh, their 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 main water reservoirs are are completely dry. Um, their rivers are drying up. They can't transport ships up some ships up and down the rivers anymore. Globally, at all of the same time, all of the rivers globally are drying up. They, there's there, there's a climate disaster in every country in the world. People don't know that Siberia is on fire. Cyber- Siberia has been on fire all summer, and they can't put it out. Siberia is the biggest forest fire. If you take all the forest fires in the entire world and combine them together, Siberia is bigger. It's bigger. It's, it's Considering bigger. what's been in going Siberia. on out west and a few fires that did happen in the east, and even in the south, you're saying, and then all the other fires, even the, in the Amazon, you're saying. Amazon, Europe, Spain, Portugal, they have fires right now. Italy's got fires. But uh, Australia's got fires. California, Oregon, Washington State, uh, Canada's got fires. If you combine all the fires that are taking place in the world, combine them all together, the fire that's happening in Siberia is bigger. Jesus. They can't put it out. And it's permafrost underneath right. it. Permafrost, right. The permafrost is packed with methane, flammable right. methane. Yes. And then there's a methane sheet that sits up there in the ocean. There's a, it's full of methane. And that's a terrible and, gas. You know, in oh, fact, my goodness. Yeah, because, I, I, you know, uh, once again, being a firefighter, and, and I was on the tunnel team at one time, and, of course, we got things that would measure. So when you go into a tunnel uh, that would measure – if there's an amount of methane, you know, just like when guys used to, uh, oh, here, here's a good example. The word shit. The word shit is an acronym. The word shit is an acronym. They were sending uh, manure across the ocean for the cows that they sent here because cows were not here in the United States. Europeans sent right. the cows. So they were sending, so, so the manure, they were sending it, you know, and, and, and if the ship got wet, the manure, which was dry, got wet, then it would get off, give off methane gas. Somebody goes down in a hole with a lantern, boom, the ship would blow up. Right. So, so they, they, so the, the, the word shit is store high in transit. On. <laughs> hey man, <laughs> store high. I in, love uh, I love learning something new. Let store, me tell you, store high in transit. So if there's water in the hull of the ship, it will not uh, um, get in contact with the manure. You know, okay. remember they used to and they used to send canaries down in mines and so forth. I tell you, right, right. So, so now yeah. when I so when I now when I hit my thumb with a nail, I'm just gonna scream out, "Store high in transit." <laughs> <laughs> let me let me catch this caller here because, uh, uh, hey, brother Paul, is that you, brother Paul? 
Unknown caller. Brother Paul, is that Sorry, you? Uh, Brother Archie, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Go ahead. This is Brother Paul from the UK. You're on, a, you're on with uh, Brother Moses West and uh, Brother Apollo. Go ahead, Brother Paul. Yeah, good afternoon um, to you, Brother Ochi, and good afternoon to your guests. Uh, I'm absolutely intrigued and fascinated. Uh, I, I heard your guests on the on last time you came on your own show, and since then I've been on YouTube and uh, done a little research into uh, his uh, progress and his history. You know, uh, about two years ago, I think, on you, you've got a uh, video on YouTube, which uh, you, um, I don't know if you got to the bottom of it, but some, someone or some people have sabotaged some of your machines. Um, yes, is that, is that right? they did. Yeah, yeah they did. Did you, ever, did you ever get to the bottom of that? No, I never got to the bottom of it, but what I did do is I did repair the machines. And yeah. so, yeah, I repaired the machines. I actually I cannibalized one machine that I had that was not working. The compressor weight, the, that uh, piston compressor weighed 500 pounds, and I had that shipped. And uh, m me, myself, and two other gentlemen from Flint, Michigan, uh, Otis, Otis, uh, Otis Cheatham, and Randy Welches, we repaired that machine in Flint, Michigan, in that field, and we got it operating uh, seven days later. So the, the mission continued. Before I heard you on your program, I mean, I, I, I would honestly say I wasn't um, familiar with your your um, achievement or your device until I heard you on Barbosi's show. But um, it's something, because we, well, some of us are aware that uh, there are uh, global companies out here who are trying to commodify water. And as you rightfully said, water is human right. But, but unfortunately, some of the conglomerates don't believe that. And, uh, you know, I have, I've watched some documentaries very recently on how they are going about commodifying fire and water and, and certain lobby groups which are established in America and are actively lobbying for water to be a commodity. I think they're going to be successful because lobbying apparently is part of the, uh, comes under the American Constitution. I don't know nowhere in the world. I mean, certainly I, I'm living in England. I know that you, we, we do have lobbyists, but it's a very undercover type business. It's not a business where people try to get their lobbyists because highly most of that type, you know, if you're trying to buy politicians, as I understand the law in this country, that's highly illegal. And I actually know we're aware of politicians in this country who have been to prison for just asking questions on behalf of um, companies and stuff. And that doesn't suggest it doesn't go on. But I, uh, from what I've read, I'm not an expert, that this thing you call lobbying happens in America, and it, for some reason it comes under the American Constitution. So I can only guess that the, the, their efforts to lobby water to become a commodity will be successful. But saying that, all right, um, I, I, I'm just thinking, what, the only concern which I have, Apart from your efforts, and I think your efforts are fantastic because obviously you're part of the solution. But then I, then I, then I feel I know how these people work, and maybe I'm wrong. I feel that uh, they don't fully really want an answer for the people. They want to commodify an answer for the people, and if they can't make money, often you know, if they can't produce money for Wall Street, they're not interested. That's how I see it. I might be wrong. 
but from what, when I when I study how how these people operate, if if money can't be made through Wall Street for them and their friends, they're not interested in making um, solutions for the people. So therefore, you know, they're 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 willing to shut down anything which is an answer for the people. So it does concern me when you say that you don't you haven't patented your operation or what you know and um, you, you, you know stuff like that because uh, I'm sure there are solutions for the people and we also know that they there are there are weapons they they have weather modification weapons we know about them they're not it's not that we don't know about them they exist but they can modify they can shut down rain they can see clouds and produce Brother Pog, are you there? Oh, go ahead, Brother Moses. I can, I can answer. I can answer a lot of that. So, when they, when when we're when people are lobbying, they're lobbying in a perfect world, in a perfect world, and then that wild card that we have right now, which is Mother Nature. So what what's happening now is the when you have a riot in a city. There's no lobbying. The police force doesn't work. The city government doesn't work when you have a riot. Correct. Right? Right. And there's a social upheaval. So what we're going to what we're going to face, you can't lobby your way out of this because it does, that that's not going to work. The guy out there with his penny loafers on and his congressman with his shirt and, with his suit and tie on is not going to stop 40 million people who don't have food and water. Right. Lot, the, that just goes out the window. So you, when you when you have when you have a when you have a loss of food and you have a loss of water, you have something called social breakdown. There's not there's no amount of lobbying in the world that's going to prevent that. And so, I I don't, I don't see any way to slow this down, this technology, because even if you slowed it down and you stopped it. Uh, right now, I would see that uh, the the downside of that would be just uh, losing one of the tools that you would need to to stop social breakdown. Mm-hmm. Because even in even in Mississippi, um, when they when they, when I got the text message that they had ran out of bottled water, and that comes from a corporation, they ran out of bottled water. And now people, enough people, and thanks to your radio show, your callers, they understand that there's another solution other than contaminated water out of a tap and bottled water from a corporation. There's the ability to make your own water. Mm-hmm. And no matter what happens to me, the cat's out of the bag. You know, right the box is open. The yeah. information's out. There, right. No matter what happens to me, there's enough bright people out there to know, hey, this guy was doing something. He was condensing the water out of the air. Let's let's get this engineering class to get onto this. Let's pick up his work where he left off. Right on. So whatever they want to do to me, just have at it. The, it's getting the information out. And your show does that. The foundation does that. Now the cat's out. So. Let's just continue to march forward. Right on. Well, let me let me throw this at our listeners. We're going to go a little bit over because we're at the top of the hour. You know, I want to make sure our listeners and, of course, what you have done. And this is the Moses West Foundation, Jackson, Mississippi Emergency Action Plan. Who are we? The Moses 
West Foundation, and it's registered 501c3, was founded and developed to help provide clean, renewable, sustainable water as the global water crisis continues to grow. The founder and namesake Moses West is the man behind the mission to ensure that people all over the world will have access to not only water for drinking and sanitation, but also agricultural purposes. As a retired United States Army Marine, Moses West has had an opportunity to see how much the current and future water crises negatively impacts communities around the world. The foundation's mission is to powered by a state-of-the-art, sustainable, resilient, atmospheric water generation system. Units com- uh, produced by AWG Contracting, developed by Moses West. The water produced by AWG units, built by AWG Contracting, exceeds both the EPA and the World Health Organization standards. Who are we helping? The Moses West Foundation is working with other organizations on the ground in Jackson, Mississippi to help fund and coordinate an emergency develop, delivery of AWG units to start a, and to alleviate the needs of the community immediately. Additionally, the Moses West Foundation is also working to coordinate a deployment of multiple atmospheric water generations, AWG units, to provide point-specific water production in various locations throughout Jackson, Mississippi, to help the residents impacted by the ongoing water crises for a more long-term and potentially permanent solution. Our team is working to figure out the following to have the biggest impact possible. How many gallons per day are needed to sustain life-saving access to clean water for drinking, sanitation, medical, and agricultural needs. Location scouting to centralize water access for various agents, agents, areas, excuse me. Assisting possibilities to support infrastructure to facilitate long-term access. How to ease the transportation of water provided directly to the citizens of Jackson, Mississippi. How people can help the Moses West Foundation. Please listen. The Moses West Foundation relies on the donations of people who support the mission of getting clean, safe, sustainable, renewable water, utilizing the atmospheric water generation concept to communities in need around the world. Has a 501c3. All donations are tax deductible. For more information and direct donations, please visit our donation now option through Jackson, Mississippi, leading page, mission, landing page. For any corporate, Brother Oshie, yes. Brother, I just wanted to uh, uh, let the view, let the listeners know. Go ahead, brother. Um, Go ahead, Paul. Moses, Moses is, is an is an Army Ranger. He's actually Captain Moses West of the Army Rangers. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Good to go. Go ahead. Keep going. Go, keep going, brother Oshi. Go ahead. Okay. I, I just had to make sure, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I'm saluting. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. For more, if, for for any corporate donations, ongoing donation programs, partnerships, or fundraising events, please contact our team at mwest at rocksteadyconsulting.com. and that's uh, uh, brother Apollo, brother M- Apollo Mansura. And you can contact him at 917-838-8258. That's 917-838-8258. Or the email address, and email address is mwest at rocksteadyconsulting.com. And there's pictures of kids and so forth, and the gallon drugs and water just 
flowing. A picture of my brother Moses here next to all those jugs and waters flowing. Brothers and sisters, you know, I know we've said some things here today that is heart-wrenching to the, to the, to the respect that uh, humanity, humanity is teetering on the brink of extinction because of all the things that we have done, the short-sightedness and the greed of various groups of people, you know. But one thing that we need to live, we, have, we can have access to, and that's water. That's water. Yes, brother, brother, uh, brother Paul from UK, you know, he talked about how they're trying to commodify it. I remember seeing a piece many years ago, they're trying to commodify water. I was so angry at reading that shit, it made me pissed because I understand how valuable water is and how, ne- how a necessity as human beings, and not just human beings, everything on the planet that lives, it needs water. So it's not just us. You know, so Brother Moses, we, we you know, you want to say something and then uh, uh, Brother Polly, go ahead, Brother Moses. We, right now, we, we, we have to do something because uh, I, this is happening and it's happening now when you go to the grocery store and you see the cost of your food and it's no one wants to believe this because it's not something that uh, has been part of the American experience. We've had lots of good things and horrible things as part of the American experience. But what we're about to experience is something completely new. It's new to me. It's going to be new to you. It's going to be new to everyone. But we are running out of food. And and nobody wants to, nobody wants to come on and say it. Nobody wants to be the first to just say what's happening. But the way the land is burning up and the way the water is becoming short and the way the global situation is, we have a war in the Ukraine with a third of the world's grain tied up. I think it's down in Belarus. We have uh, the grain issues here. We have the food problems in California. And then we're going to have the storms continue. We're going to have the cold, the cold snaps, the, the heat waves, the heat, the heat domes that uh, engulf parts of the United States. And this is going to continue. Your food prices in the store is just going to skyrocket, and the quality of your food is going to go down. We need to be be more proactive when it comes to sustainability. Okay, we're not we're not we're not going to we're not going to harp on the negative side of this. What right. we're going to do is we're going to harp on the positive side. Right, and the positive side of this is we we can we have the capability to be one hundred percent sustainable. We have the capability. With all of this abundant sunshine, heat, mm-hmm. and moisture in the air, to use turn a photon into an electron into an H two O molecule and grow food. Right on. And we can do it right where we need it. Mm-hmm. So, even though things may seem bleak, we can we can engineer our ways, our lives into a sustainable future that's beneficial mm-hmm. to everybody, while at the same time increasing our quality of life. Increasing the health of our children and our families, increasing the educational level of children, and becoming more connected as communities by think, doing these things yeah. together again like we used to do 100 years ago. Because even though the, the, the coastal cities may flood, move inland. Move inland with the a, with a, with a right mindset, with the right spirit, the right intentions. Come in, just as the brother just said, work together and build 
more effectively and more efficiently. There is no shortage of water. We have the water that we need. Go ahead, Moses. Yes, we do. And so instead of of fighting each other, what we need to do is work together and Mm -hmm. work together for a sustainable future. And when we're working together for when see no one many people don't know about sustainability and what what we're able to do with it, but if we pull together as a group of people collectively to work towards sustainable sustainable future, more people would probably want to put down their weapons and take from somebody and work with somebody to build something together. Because right now, where everyone all the all the uh, the, the preppers and everybody, the only thing they want to do is, this is mine, let me get some guns, let me get my bunker, because people are going to come for it. Mm-hmm. Well, if we all work right. together, we, we all have the same thing. Yeah. So work together. Just like you said, they're all arguing, but they're specifically in their backs towards the, the, the water, and out comes Godzilla and squashes the ass. <laughs> 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 right. Brother Apollo, you want to? You want to have some closing remarks, man? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things like we spoke about before, Brother Oshie, this technology that Moses is bringing down to Jackson, Mississippi, is going to be some of the most innovative technology in the country. And with that being said, this is a this is the time that we show people, look, this is what you can have. And this is what is accessible to you. And with the ability that we all have coming together and working together, there's no reason that there needs to be places in this country without clean water. You know, I, I watched a, 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 an interview Moses did you know, a month ago about his experience in Flint and about these children that were from the ages of 5 to 14 with cognitive um, deficiencies. Right. They had issues. Right. Right. You know, they had, they had legitimate Man. visible issues because of the water that they were drinking. Mm-hmm. And that's something that could have been avoided. You know, these things can be avoided now today, but it's really just getting that thing, getting these things out there and showing these people, look, this is what you can have available to you all the time. This is what's out there for you. Right. All right. Brothers and sisters, once again, I thank you. Thank you to Brother Moses West, Brother Apollo, and all the brothers brothers and sisters, thank you, who have called in and who have listened. And um, believe me, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this often um next wednesday my guest will be brother peter brown of the ledge group and definitely want to hook brother moses up with brother peter brown because they're both doing great work brother peter brown is in africa and he has some ideas and of course they need water's necessary and needed everywhere okay let's keep that real but you know but work is being done and so um also to monday we're going to talk about 9-11 and my annual 9-11 piece and Just um, have a great weekend, family. Have a great weekend. Brothers and sisters, we end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do without, and they sure in the hell don't want to pay for it. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. Shim Hotel means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. Bibi Fahodier means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. Have a good weekend, family. Peace. Thank you, brothers.